I'm serious. The best part of House of the Devil was watching Greta Gerwig get her face blown off with a shotgun. Radio Drome. Welcome to an oversaturated episode of Radio Drome. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is the Cecil the Peter himself. The what? Cecil the Peter? Both of you guys. You're both here for once, because we've not been able to get all three of us together for a while. I thought we, like, merged into one person or something. <laughs> I thought that, too, honestly. So, fair enough, I guess. All right, sure. And before we get to the topic tonight, you guys know we got to go through the spiel. If you guys want to get a VPN, Nord is the best one out there. They will protect your data. They'll encode your data. You can use Nord to get around region locking. You can torrent things with them because of the way they'll move where you're from. Hey, look at that. That torrent was downloaded from Russia, even though you're in Ohio. Stuff like that. To do that, you go to 1201beyond.com backslash drome vpn and then you will get 75 percent off of a three-year plan that's only three dollars and 49 cents a month for nord's protection all you have to do is go to 1201beyond.com backslash drome vpn then there's also adam and eve you got valentine's day coming up you go to adamandeve.com use the promo code drome d-r-o-m-e and you will get 50 percent off of a single item three free dvds a free sex swing and free you shipping all for using the promo code drome at adamandeve.com treat your girl right this hallmark holiday with a butt plug <laughs> hey don't you be gender specific maybe she wants to treat you right this holiday with a butt maybe. plug huh? yes yes that's right don't be yes. sexist you pig perforate <laughs> your colon with your best gal <laughs> there's a new star wars movie out plug that exhaust port you know and none of that has anything to do with our topic. So, no. what I want to talk about is oversaturation, because this is not a new problem. The market for film, television, media, etc., oversaturation happens all the time. Right now, I think we're at a superhero oversaturation to the point where, inevitably, it's just going to tip over and, and fall and die, as we've seen in so many other arenas. But... Before we get into that, I think we should just talk about what's happened to the way we consume media. Because remember, when cable television was king, you know, pre-streaming, the whole thing was the, the packages are, are too expensive, they're too exclusive, there's too many channels, blah, blah, blah. And that whole industry sort of collapsed in upon itself. And then streaming came along as, look at us, we are this amazing new alternative, we're going to clean this whole thing up. And now they've become as bad as what television was because look at it like this right now and i'm only talking major stuff here disney plus hulu netflix amazon criterion tubi cbs all access hbo showtime spectrum full moon shutter apple sling Crunchyroll, the dc one nbc is starting one abc is starting one how did we get to this point where streaming was supposed to save movie watching and now it's divided it and fractured it worse than television ever did? I personally only really subscribe to one and I might get another one. I'm considering getting Amazon Prime because that one has a lot of a lot of good choices as well. I'm personally only using Shutter at the moment and just whatever I can watch physically or whatever I can stream or, or, or torrent or whatever via my uh, HDMI port to my TV for my laptop. But I do think it's pretty ridiculous of the amount of, of different streaming services that they are and like how you have to have this one to be able to see these movies or this one to, to be able to watch this company or whatever, like like the Disney Plus one is ridiculous. And you got, if that one doesn't have the titles you want, you move to Netflix or you move to Hulu or you move to like all these Amazon Prime or all these other ones. And it's it's become this um this whole, it's, it's basically just what TV was all over again with those like the, the premium channels and the exclusive channels and all that stuff that you, that you pay for extra for, for pay-per-view or, or or whatever and now it's kind of become that too where like you have to have like 
every single streaming service in order to be able to see all the movies that you want to see. And it's just, it, it eats money like a motherfucker. Like the, all of these obviously cost, cost money of, of varying amounts. And it, they're basically trying to tell you that even if you don't have these streaming services, you can't watch all these movies. So you better buy them up, better buy them all. Pretty ridiculous. I'm, I'm trying to be personally in uh, my, my own situation. I'm trying to be more, more frugal with it because I feel like there's way too many of them, but I do think it's definitely getting pretty ridiculous i have three but it's uh i have netflix because netflix was the first and i'm there's a lot of stuff on there that i still need to watch so i continue to get them and i also i'm old school i'm still getting the dvds from them uh, a lot of people just abandon that part a uh, part of it but uh, i like having the physical ver you know because there's a lot of stuff that isn't on streaming uh i have amazon but i'm getting that through prime because i already have amazon prime so that's not something that i'm specifically getting because of it i'm getting it more in addition to a service that i'm already using and i also have shutter because shutter is incredibly cheap and you're getting a large amount of really solid content for very little money i think that uh, they're one of the best deals out there not just because they sponsored me a while back because they're legitimately a good service i do think that this is something that i saw coming on the horizon i knew companies were going to eat themselves they can't help it instead of you know going to a few different markets or whatever they're just trying to each create their own service and it's fine i mean it's what they want to do and it's also up to the public to decide which ones they want to gravitate to and whatnot don't like what disney plus is doing where uh they're doing the starbucks technique where they're going to come in and at a they're just going to dump try to dominate the market by offering a ton of product at a lower price and then once they put Netflix or somebody else out of business then they can jack the price up because it's like hey we're the, you know if you want to watch this we're the only game in town I really don't like that uh, that technique but again it's business and it's a tried and true tactic I just I think that you know we're talking about oversaturation in that but I mean there's there's a lot of oversaturation a lot of things where we will get trends in movies you know we had the disaster movie trend for a while that got oversaturated it went away we had the action movie trend that was oversaturated and went away superhero trend that was really big for a while and it's kind of uh it's still big i don't know it's still big. I think that now, though, I know a lot of people that after Endgame, they're like, I'm done with the Marvel movies. And I think that's why people are starting to gravitate towards the different superhero movies, the movies like Joker and whatnot. It's not just a straight up superhero film, and it's what DC was trying to do, and everybody derided them for not just following the Marvel path. Oh, let's just oh, okay, make okay, movies let's, like Marvel. But, but, no, I mean, but that's the whole thing. They were trying to do something different. Because they saw that, like the the uh, it had the potential. Everything is going to get oversaturated, so they were trying to go in a different direction. Now it's benefiting them. Unfortunately, they're realizing that a little bit too late. But that's a whole other story. Let's let's not use the term superhero. Let's use the term comic book. Because then there's also like that the kitchen movie that nobody went to see. Atomic Blonde is a comic book movie. The comic book movie. There's way too many. But I want to stick to streaming for just a moment here. What's going to happen? to the streaming market. Will it collapse? I think it will because it is unsustainable the way it's going. And it's not going to be Netflix that collapses. It's not going to be Disney+. Plus. It's not going to be HBO. It's going to be Shudder that goes away. It's going to be Full Moon that goes away. It's going to be Apple that goes away. Even though they got tons of money, absolutely no one is buying Apple+. Plus. They are spending millions on making these shows that nobody is watching. Apple got into this market way too late. And like I said, this isn't even talking about some of the weird ones like epics and some of these smaller channels i think one of the problems is there's way too many and the other is this is so fractured because of how weird it it came about like for instance if you want to watch a franchise if you want to see all the hellraiser movies you've got to have four different services because like Hell <laughs> hellraiser one three and four are on netflix hellraiser two and five are on hulu hellraiser seven and eight are on are on amazon there's almost no franchise out there where all of the movies are on one service at this point and not even disney yeah. plus because even disney because they still have the pre-existing contracts with hulu and netflix and amazon some of the marvel movies are still only on netflix some of the marvel movies 
some of the Star Wars movies are only on Amazon, that kind of thing. This is what's making people go, you know what, I'm just going to pirate this stuff. It's it's too ridiculous <laughs> like this. Out of all the ones I mentioned at the beginning there, let's say you buy the bargain basement version of all of them. 2B doesn't count because that's free, so we'll leave 2B out of this, this one technically. But it would cost you $111 a month to get all of these different services at the bargain basement prices, at the, the lowest tier. Do you know anyone who can afford that? And even if you did, who can watch all of this stuff? <laughs> this market is the definition of oversaturated. Lots of these, I think like Shudder and Full Moon, they should not go away. They should combine. Shudder should get all of Full Moon stuff, and then Full Moon Streaming is a segment of Shudder. That would make oh, total sense. That would actually that would actually be really great. Amazon and Criterion would work perfect together. These things don't all need to be competing, but they're going to, and it's going to get bloody. And we are the ones who are going to suffer because it it is just ridiculous ridiculous how how fractured and shattered the streaming the streaming sphere is at the same time they kept telling us this is what's going to fix everything that was wrong with tv except it's even <laughs> fucking worse now no well, no this is what i was talking about from the from the very beginning of the episode is that there's so many different services what you were talking about with the franchises that on each one is like incomplete like you know you've got like hellraiser three and four on one you've got hellraiser five and two on another one and it's like you have to have all these different services to complete the franchises which is just ludicrous and it's like that for a lot of different franchise movies and sequels and stuff one one service will have one one service will have the other it's uh kind of insane it's it, it would be a lot more productive and a lot more efficient if uh, a few of them were to were to combine like i really like the idea of shutter and full moon combining amazon and and criterion should definitely combine I think that would be really good, but they're not going to do that. It's it's all about which particular sing- singular company makes the most money. And I think because of that, because of the oversaturation, because of the massive divide of it, that could obviously cause at some point down the line, it could very much cause a, a huge collapse. But there's also the angle of all of these different channels. I mean, like Full Moon, obviously, you know, only basically has Full Moon stuff. Full Moon has gotten a lot of other stuff that's not just, I mean, primarily it's a lot of Full Moon stuff, but they've also got a lot of other exploitation movies and things that you would kind of expect from Full Moon, but not things that they initially owned. It's stuff that they Mm. own the rights to now. The point I was trying to make is a lot of these places want to push out anything they don't own. Because you'll notice, while HBO still has lots of non-Warner Brothers movies, Warner Brothers, Time Warner is the parent company of HBO, so they're still a Warner Brothers company. While they do have other stuff, you'll notice they start pushing it out. Netflix is pushing out everything that's not Netflix. Hulu is pushing out things that aren't Hulu originals or Hulu exclusives. All of these different services are like, no, we want just our products on this. And that's (laughs) all. And that is also going to backfire, I think, huge on them. Well, Netflix, they're doing it simply because the licensing costs for the various things got too ridiculous. They initially did their deal with Stars. They had a five-year deal, $30 million. And then after the five-year deal was up, Stars came back and said, okay, we now want a one-year deal for $300 million. They were like, no, we can't afford. So that's why the shut- the Stars deal went away. And that's a largely what a lot of this is. It's not that they're pushing them out it's uh, with with something like Netflix it's not that they're pushing them out it's just that the companies that own the rights to these various things they're trying to charge way too much money for them money mind you that isn't going to go to the people that created the product to begin with it's going to go to whoever owns the rights and then maybe a little bit will go to them trying to hang on to that because they want to sell it to somebody who can afford it somebody like Disney or somebody who's going to throw 300 million dollars at some ridiculous amount for uh, for right things. So them creating their own product is a smart way for them to stay in business. 
but that is going to that's that's filtering down to all of the other channels who are also doing the same thing so eventually hulu is only going to be hulu owned products netflix will only be netflix owned products shutter will only be shutter owned products etc etc that is a huge problem because then look at what happened in the early days of netflix when Netflix began, places like Full Moon, Troma, and Tempe Video had all of their stuff on there. They helped build Netflix. And then, once Netflix got established, it was like, yeah, we don't want your trash anymore. Tempe Video can't get into Netflix anymore. Netflix won't even talk to Full Moon anymore. It's like, well, you're that little thing. It's like, hey, we helped build you, you motherfucker, and you turn your back on us? That's what's going to yeah, keep happening to it's... all of these services. But again, it's business. And as much as you or I love watching something, uh, watch, love watching the Full Moon movies, would love doing all that, the simple bottom line is that people that are tuning in, the people that are going to subscribe time and time again, the people who are going to give them their money, they want the other things. They want the big movies. They want the movies that just were released five minutes ago. So it's sad, but it's, it's business. I don't, I don't like it. It is a fact of the business it's it's something that's 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 actively happening unfortunately most people the majority of people don't want to watch the uh the little the little niche movies the trauma movies the the full moon stuff they they want to see what just came out what was just in theaters what's the the biggest like they they want to go see marriage story or whatever it's the movie they want to see unfortunately that's the the populace uh which is why a lot of the more niche companies are are getting thrown by the wayside which is as cecil said it's sad and i don't agree with it and i i think it's wrong but this is the unfortunately what the business model is well let's then shift to the oversaturated comic book market now right now let's just talk dc comics not in movies but on television I don't think DC Comics, Warner Brothers, is looking at how much they are hitting a tipping point. In 2019, they had, this is not counting cartoons, so no Teen Titans Go, I'm counting. I'm not counting that. I'm not counting any of the direct-to-video movies or anything. They had 16 DC Comics on television. You had (laughs) Swamp Thing, The Flash, Gotham, Krypton. Arrow, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, Titans, Doom Patrol, Pennyworth, Batwoman, Watchmen, Superman and Lois, iZombie, Preacher, Lucifer, The Boys. How do they expect this not to be an oversaturated market when people are like, oh my god, if I see that DC logo in front of one more show, I'm going to start rending nerds limb from limb. (laughs) Because people are watching them. If people weren't watching them, they wouldn't get made. So the yeah, bottom line comes down again. It, it Now, with the exception of uh, garbage like Batwoman, despite having dismal ratings, they renewed it for a second season. I think that's more kind of saving face than anything. Bottom line comes down to they are providing a service that people are watching. If people weren't watching them, they would get canceled and they wouldn't make anymore. There are a lot of people that are rabidly devouring these shows and it is a demand the demand wasn't there then there would not be the supply i see i'm not so sure about that because and i know cecil you don't like westerns peter i know you're okay with westerns but just let's talk westerns for just a moment now westerns were a giant genre on television a giant genre In 1958 alone, just 1958, now remember, this is, you have three channels, you have two hours of primetime a night, there were 50 westerns on... On the, on the air in 1958 alone. That means God. every single night over half of the programming available to you was a goddamn Western. And that's not even counting between 1955 and 1959. There were 446 Westerns released to theaters in that four year period. In 1955 alone, 53 Westerns were released in theaters. That means with a 52 week year, more than one Western came out a week in theaters in 1955. And in 1956, that number went up to 63. That's almost two a week-ish 
you know, obviously, you know, there, there's maybe some weeks where there was none, some weeks where there was more. That is ridiculous. You talk about an oversaturated market, yet, like Cecil pointed out, I guess, people went to go see all of these. But that doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's good for the medium when you're releasing a Western a week to theaters for four years straight. How do you not expect people to eventually go, if I see one more goddamn tumbleweed, I'm going to commit suicide? I mean, these companies, they're all working independently from each other. So you've got, uh, they're all trying to compete. Okay, well, they've got this Western. Okay, well, we're going to do this Western. And same thing with the superhero movies. Well, they've got this super, or they've got this comic book movie. Sorry, you got this comic movie. Okay, so we're going to do this comic book movie. And it's all just working towards what they think will make money. So yeah, they will keep beating that drum until that drum breaks and then something else comes along and then that becomes the next big thing so what you're saying is all of these people you're okay with all of these people being a flash in the pan artist just trying to get in there make their quick quick buck and not care whatsoever about what it does to the long-term viability of the format hey as long as i made a couple of bucks right no i'm not saying that it's okay i'm just saying it's the way that things run i don't like it either it's nothing short of things changing in the industry it's not going to change it all comes down to money and it all comes down to they're going to keep making whatever continues to make money i don't like it i was to, i was on another podcast this morning i was talking about uh, remakes i don't like how disney is churning out remake after remake it's oversaturating the market it's also devaluing quality of the original i think and as much as people oh, you know the original still exists it's like there is going to be a generation of people that grew up watching the remake and not the original and i think that devalues the original so do i like it no but do i accept that it is a factor of the way that business is running yes it's it's like to go back to the comic book thing again just sticking to tv marvel i guess they're not as bad as dc because marvel for just television they had agents of shield the runaways cloak and dagger jessica jones punisher legion the gifted and the inhumans all on the air in 2019 now combine that with all of the dc stuff there, there's literally no one who has been who is able to watch all of this stuff. You can't. I don't think you physically could possibly watch all of the comic book content out there. And I think it's well, sad that they think you can or that they think you will. Well, it's going. The reason why there's not as many Marvel products is because Marvel or Disney was waiting to get the Disney Plus up. Because now, when uh, now that Disney Plus is running, there is going to be a flood of Marvel shows that are coming out. They're released with their uh, their new wave uh, at at like one of the Comic Cons recently. They just have a, a pile of Marvel shows that are coming out. So it's going to get I think at least half of those are not going to make it past a single season because again because i think the market is so oversaturated i mean like okay look at the marvel shows i just i just read off agents of shield nobody's watched that since the beginning but remember abc even wanted to drop agents of shield after season one they're like no one's watching it but disney said no this is our tie-in show to the movies you are keeping it nobody watches agents of shield and never has the runaways most people don't even know that that show exists, let alone didn't watch it. Cloak and Dagger's ratings were so bad, they actually got folded into The Runaways. that they Instead of getting a second season, they joined the cast of The Runaways. Because nobody well, watched was... that. Cloak and Dagger, I wanted to see, but I don't even know what it's on. I think it was on one of those weirdo streaming services that nobody has. Hey, it's a new Marvel show! Oh, wait, nobody's tuning into this. I wonder why. The Gifted was on, it was either Fox or FX, you know, because that was a Fox one because it was dealt with the mutants. No one watched The Gifted. That was one of the lowest rated shows of the year. No one watched The Gifted. And Inhumans was so bad, most people don't even realize that after that disastrous pilot it still went to series nobody for some reason well well you pointed out everyone's watching all of those 16 different warner brothers shows for some reason other than jessica jones and punisher nobody watched a fucking disney thing out there did they well, the Daredevil show was... Uh, Daredevil wasn't was, on in 2019, so I'm, I'm just talking 2019. Yeah, because I think uh, the, the TV shows... Uh, it's funny. Marvel movies, for the most part, have captured the audience. 
they can't quite seem to figure that out with their TV shows. They have a couple. I know uh, like Punisher was was really good until they started to get a little uh, preachy with their writings. I've heard mixed things about Jessica Jones, but the majority of the Marvel shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like I was actually pretty excited about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I made it about four episodes and I was like, you know, I'm not enjoying this. So I'm just going to stop watching it. I think that's kind of the, the general thing with a lot of their shows for whatever reason. They just can't figure out the TV angle. Maybe that will change with the uh, with the 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 movie, you know, with the shows on Disney Plus because they're throwing a lot of money at them and they're doing some bigger stuff like they're doing uh, Scarlet Witch and uh, Vision series and uh, they're they've got some potential for big stuff but I don't know well, if it's that'll going be to work real real, real interesting uh, magic lady that likes to f- her robot that's a great show <laughs> I know a, I know a few women like that. We yeah, all do. so do I. But, it, okay, it also comes down to oversaturated characters. We'd talked before about, like, how there's, like, 400 movies or TV shows based on Tarzan and Robin Hood and that. They just made yeah. a Robin Hood movie last year that bombed. Why are they still making Robin Hood? But the and big a Tarzan movie that bombed as well. But also, just, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks before we record this, there was a Dracula, a new BBC Dracula miniseries. Do we need... No, I'm just talking... Based on Bram, the Bram Stoker version of Dracula, I'm not talking like, oh, we have, you know, a Dracula-type creature in our movie. There have been 266 movies or television shows based on the Bram Stoker version of Dracula. Is that not a f***ing enough Dracula? <laughs> I got I got one for you. Um, not too long ago, uh, Little Women was released, and there were a whole bunch of articles coming out about, come on, men, why don't you go see Little Women? Don't be afraid. You, what's your problem? And I think the general consensus was, and I, I had to look this up. I was curious. This was the 22nd version of Little Women. Maybe <laughs> it's because people don't need to see the same story again. I will say with Dracula, there has been different spins on it. So it's been, now granted, I know there's been a lot of very, you know, here's Dracula, it's the whole thing. But I think that there's been a lot of different variations of the ways that Dracula has been told. Not saying that they need to do 200 different versions of it, that's the thing. But for the most part, Little Women, it's been... Little women. It's it's been the same story. So like men, women, anybody didn't give a sh. We don't want to see this again. And for somebody I didn't even like me, know that there was uh, I had no clue there was another adaptation other than the one like because I know there was one that came out in the in the nineties. I guess yeah, the, did, the Winona well. Ryder one that did like okay. The the, 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 the new only... ones the, the the new one is the Greta Gerwig one that everyone's why you know because it, it almost all of the cast got nominated nominated for best actor but yeah. Greta Gerwig did not get nominated for best director and it's like well that's because it's Greta Gerwig and she's a stupid cunt <laughs> I'm serious the best part of House of the Devil was watching Greta Gerwig get her face blown off with a shotgun Oh, she was the she was the friend. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I'd see. I don't even know. I, I I honestly don't know who she is. Like, I mean, I I've, I've heard her. She's one of those people who all of a sudden she's supposed to be the greatest thing ever. And I I have no animosity towards her. I don't know her one way or the other. I just I don't know. Like, but I'm looking at like her her stuff, and uh, she did uh, what Lady Bird, and and I'm like, okay, oh so that she makes bitch. she makes the kind of movies that I'm not interested in. Okay, yeah. fine. Whether she, whether they're good or not, more power to her. I mean, she found her angle, but she's making the movies that I'm not interested in. Ugh, and uh, Lady Bird. So. I'm I'm a I'm a quirky colored haired person. Shut the f- up. Go away. <laughs> uh, I, okay, I, I just I just think it is very cathartic in House of the Devil to watch her get her face blowed off with a shotgun. Oh, that's an that's that's a great movie in general like house of the devil was awesome but that was a that was a fantastic uh shock out moment that but, really was you were not i'm like i was not expecting that at all no. that was <laughs> i was expecting you know she's gonna get captured she would, oh she's dead and she's really dead <laughs> very dead Anne of Green Gables. My girlfriend loves this. She's read the book multiple times. She's seen every single version, all the TV shows, the spin-off TV shows, all of it. She loves Anne of Green Gables. Fine, that's her thing. 
does this need to be made into a 15th TV series? There's a TV series on Netflix right now called Anne with an E, which is, again, Anne of Green Gables. Oh, God. Did we need another adaptation of Anne of Green Gables? I I get it. There is an audience, but Jesus Christ, stop remaking this. Uh, what is, is like Anne of Green Gables, like a sort of, is it like a Victorian thing? Like, what is it? It, it, it's very Little House on the Prairie. I've only seen bits at my girlfriend's place. It's kind of Little okay. House on the Prairie-ish, that kind of thing. I, I I don't know. I might be completely misconstruing it because I only saw bits and pieces. It's so not our thing. I guarantee you, Peter, you wouldn't like it. No, I'm sure I wouldn't. What the the example I'm making is that there's just certain there's certain properties and writings and whatnot that um I do think are very like women specific. Like it seems like this is a sort of show that a lot of a lot of chicks will watch. A lot of a lot of women really like stuff like Downton Abbey and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. These weird like period piece or like Victorian kind of things. And it's like I've never understood the appeal myself. Like I've never been into that shit. But it does seem to be for for women for sure. Like these these sort of uh, oh god these tales of either like it's a period piece or it takes. Place in the Victorian ages or something, or it's like some some woman that lives on on a farm and she gets in, in into her little misadventures or whatever seems to sell really really well to chicks. Quote: I don't get it, but I guess it's a thing. I I don't have a problem with that because I mean there's a lot of stuff that caters directly to me. Uh, yeah, I have more of a problem with just so many of these properties that are just constantly being remade. I like you know Downton Abbey and Midsummer Murders and all that stuff. The stuff that appeals to women, uh, the Hallmark Channel movies, absolutely fine. They're great. You know, yeah. watch them. It's it's they're making them for their specific audience and they love them. But when it comes down to something where this is the bazillionth time they've remade it or they've redone it (laughs) isn't there like i mean how many books are are written in a year how many things that could be adapted that just they're overlooking to redo little women for the 22nd time the amount of things we could adapt from like the the likes of lovecraft or harlan ellison or something but instead we we just keep we just keep readapting these like hork a vagrant and my cravat and my victorian shoes there's also something to say about what about when you throw a monkey wrench into this thing let's go back to the westerns thing so westerns were glutting the 1950s and the 1960s and then they sort of tapered off but then in the 70s there was a big westerns comeback but then you had something like kung fu come in which is bringing in you remember this is before enter the dragon which is what really broke huge in america but you had the bruce lee flicks and you had the chop sake flicks starting to kind of come into america and then you had this series that was literally a kung fu western because it had all the tropes of a west of a traditional western and it was set in the american old west but with all of this sort of new age buddhism and stuff in there that was so seriously if you go back and watch kung fu from the 1970s it is so unique you can't imagine that the 70s audience actually embraced this show and i'm happy that they did because i love kung fu i'm shocked they embraced something like kung fu because it was so different, but wrapped up in a package that was palatable. If they had just tried this to do this straight, like, say, in China, with an old Chinese cast and it takes place in old China, I don't think it would have worked. It was wrapping it in an American Western style was a genius move. Which I think was intentional. That was a, I think that was a way to entice the American audiences into it. I think that was a really good idea. I think that's a thing that a lot of today's audiences, they don't really understand where they'll say, uh, you've got a character and, uh, oh, well, why, you know, this is a, uh, a Chinese story. How come you don't have a Chinese star or whatever? And <laughs> It's like, look, okay, give me a Chinese actor who has the box office potential of Brad Pitt in America, and you will see them get that role. That's really what it's coming down to, and it's really frustrating that people don't seem to understand that the reason that people are getting these roles is because they have something called bankability. They are the ones that are going to get asses in the seats, as they say. But the flip side of that, I don't want Brad Pitt 
in a Bollywood movie because he's not going to be the draw that you would get with some of their larger stars. So when you have people making movies in other countries, unless they specifically will hire somebody, they did uh, The Wall and they brought in uh, Matt Damon. And then you had people over here who still complained about that. It was like, (laughs) no, the director wrote the part for Matt Damon. He's not also, replacing China, an actor. China loves Matt Damon. Oh, China loves they Matt love Damon. But th- there, there's, there's something else, too. No, I was not a fan of the Ghost in the Shell live-action movie. But there was all of this whitewashing, whitewashing, whitewashing with Scarlett Johansson in the role. And then it, it, it supposedly got even worse when it turns out that she's actually an Asian an Asian girl's mind in a white girl's body. It's, it's They're literally putting Asians in... So, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's what the, you, but that's, like what the, the that's what the manga was. Exactly. I was going to say, you guys do know that 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 major was always white, right? Even in the Japanese anime and in the comics, she was always a white person with an Asian brain. That wasn't whitewashing. She's meant to be like at least the major body is very much obviously like a big sort of European style woman, like almost like almost like a female Terminator kind of thing. The only thing that I didn't like about that live action version is. Scarlett Johansson is too small. Like, that should have been a role more fitted for somebody like Gina Carano or something. I just didn't think it worked. For some reason, it it was one of those things where sometimes even when you copy from the original, the remake just doesn't work. I thought it felt too disjointed. There was too much crap in the movie that that <laughs> wasn't in the anime that didn't need to be there. It just it yeah. didn't work for me. But it didn't work for me for its story, not because oh, Scarlett Johansson's white. Well, the the thing that a lot of people, again, that they didn't realize, number one, they were angry without knowing the property that they were being angry about. And the other thing, too, was Ghost in the Shell was one of those properties that had been languishing in development hell for years. Scarlett Mm -hmm. Johansson was a fan of the product, uh, was a fan of the series. She came on board because she wanted to get it made. She is one of the biggest actresses in Hollywood, if not the biggest. I don't know. I know she was a couple years ago. uh, I don't know if she's still big, but she attacked by her attaching her name to it was able to get that made. Remove her. You don't get $80 million and 3000 theaters. You get something that goes back to development hell. So by her coming on board, she was able to get that thing made for better or worse. You get the people that are angry about this, that they don't care. They just, they just want to be angry, you know, on, on Twitter. Angry but, about okay. supposed uh, supposed whitewashing, even though there there was none. No, there but, was not. Let, let's let's go back to oversaturation then. One of our favorite topics: the slasher movies. So obviously there were slasher films before Halloween, but Halloween's what broke it open. So after Halloween... Halloween and Black Christmas, credit where it's due. Well, Black Christmas Mm -hmm. was before Halloween, but after Halloween came out in 1978, there were four slasher movies. Then in 1980, there were nine. Then in 1981, there were 26. In 1983, there were 32. Gee, (laughs) I wonder why that market collapsed, huh? (laughs) Well, that fulfilling was uh, it, fulfilling a that need. was something that had been building for a long time. Like, obviously, it you had movies like uh, I haven't seen this one specifically, but I do know that it has elements that would later become slasher tropes. The '60s film Peeping Tom. Uh, you obviously had a lot of the Giallo movies that very much. Uh, embodied the kind of tropes that would uh, end up in 80s slasher movies. Obviously, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho is also very, very slasher-oriented as well. And then, for some reason or another, Black Christmas really solidified it. And then we had Halloween come out. And then it was really starting in on the trope of the faceless or masked silent killer with the big knife. Uh, usually on the bigger side physically. So obviously we got, you know, we got the likes of Jason. We ended up getting other other characters like Madman Mars and Cropsy Maniac and stuff, which in, in itself were also based on old old campfire stories like of the of the child abductor Cropsy and whatnot. So it really, really took off, especially in the the 80s. The slasher boom of the 80s was immense. There were it seemed to be the the biggest sort of sort of franchise uh, dollar dollar bill sorts of movies, and then obviously it got ridiculous. There there were way too many of them, and then it, you know it started lampooning itself a little bit with films like Scream and whatnot. So that one, as an example, definitely is 
something that can be brought up as far as like if you go way too far with this, it can become something that's that's silly and something that's laughable and and tropes that are that are overused and you and you have people making jokes about oh you don't know what they say about slasher movies black guy always dies first even though it's like not even true but it becomes like like a lampoon of itself because of because of how many are out there which which sucks to me because god i love slasher movies i love 80s slasher films i think that they're some of my favorite of of that type of horror subgenre but you you always have um people that ruin it when it becomes oversaturated because it it becomes this look at this this is a hot market right now we don't have anything new to say we don't have anything unique to say but there's money to be made and you can you just you have these shysters that get in there they fuck around for a little bit and then they wreck it for everybody else and that's what happened yeah. to the slasher movies because slasher movies in 1980 all right there were there was some quality there by 1981 not as much. By 1982, this is just garbage. I'd be a little more fair toward it. I think it was more like 85, 86 that it started to take a bit of a downturn. I think the early 80s were really solid. I think that's where we got some of the some of the better movies of, of that subgenre. But I think around 85, 86, it started to become kind of a, a lampoon of itself. And it was really especially oversaturated in like the home video and, and direct to video, like a uh, video store market. There was like, like a new slasher film, like every week or something. I think that uh, they had a good few years of just really, really awesome slasher films and inventive things. Like they were doing things to take risks. Like I liked that, that it wasn't just, Hey, here's the formula. Let's go with it. Uh, you had a lot of really experimental films that came out that were slasher films, but they were different. So I liked that. And I think that they kind of went, you know, along for a while before they got crappy. And honestly, eh, slashers, I have a very soft spot for them. So even some of the not as good ones as the major players, I still find them entertaining. They could still be something to sit down and watch. But there's a lot of things that just now are oversaturated that uh, are garbage. And it's not just garbage, you know, because I don't like it. It's garbage. There's a lot of people that will agree. They're just like, this this sucks, <laughs> you know, so it's not just me not getting into a product. It's just me and a lot of other people not enjoying it. God, like all the uh, Fast and the Furious movies and stuff like that. Like, that's definitely an example of oversaturating a market. Like, how many f***ing times can we see bald jack guys driving cars real fast? I actually like, I, th- I think th- I think this is actually a weird, untapped fetish market. If you edit from all the Fast and the Furious movies, just, just them, not the ripoffs or anything, all the insert shots of somebody shifting a gear, I think you could make an entire movie out of just people shifting gears and that would be some weird <laughs> Pornhub fetish. I can see that. So, I mean, okay, second unit directors, you need to do more than just have, you know, someone shift a gear. It, I'm sorry, it's not exciting. Stop it. It is pretty much like car porn, essentially. But 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 there's also a weird thing, like with the Fast and the Furious movies, they are a perfect example of charting how, and I, I give them a little bit of credit for this, but a lot more in the detriment category. They're not just making the same movie over and over again. Like, remember, Joe Bob Briggs had, had that, that famous rant about why Halloween 3 failed, because they tried to do something different and we want the same thing. Look at Friday the 13th, they made the same damn movie eight times in a row. You know, he has that, <laughs> that great rant. You look at the Fast and the Furious movies, okay, one and two are basically the clones after that they keep getting exponentially more ridiculous to the point where if you watched the last movie and the first movie they don't even seem like they're in the same damn franchise i oh, yeah, think coming like um they're becoming like science fiction action movies. It, it, it's barely even barely even really about the racing and stuff anymore. Now it's just Vin about... Diesel has literally said, Peter, the next movie, they go to space. They go to space <laughs> in the next movie. Well, I had, I had said that a while ago. If a franchise continues long enough, eventually they go to space. So, I mean, the, the last, I think it was the last movie, The Rock kicked a torpedo in Hobbs and Shaw. The Rock pulls a helicopter out of the sky with a chain. Captain uh, America can't do that for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, they and like that's the thing. Like if you the original Fast and the Furious is a somewhat silly but relatively serious cop undercover movie. And yeah, to go like from a, that like a, vice, like a vice movie basically. Yeah, they're trying to stop uh street racers and now it's about like fighting rogue governments and kicking torpedoes and <laughs> hey 
There's actual superhumans in the last one. Idris Elba is a superhuman with a cyborg skeleton trying to open a plague that will end the world so only the strong can survive. This comes from a street racing franchise. <laughs> yeah, they they and and from a street racing franchise where the audience says that they're getting better and better because they m- keep making more and more and more money. Which which is why I, I which is what my point was. I give Universal some credit for not just making the same movie over and over again. Yes, they're getting ridiculous and that's where I think the detriment comes in. But the positives to this you can't say the movies are just repeating themselves, can you? They're just getting, uh, they're, it's the example of jumping the shark with the uh, Fast and the Furious movies, because obviously they're going to end up in space eventually because because of the ridiculous turns uh, that they keep making. And it's, it's so funny to me because we parody this stuff all the time. Like, obviously, at the end of... Uh, at the at the end of Machete Two, we have that fake trailer for Machete in Space, and it's like this is literally what is happening and has been happening to franchises forever, and it's about to happen with Fast and the Furious as well, which is like it's great, it's it's hilarious. From what I understand, Rodriguez actually still wants to make that Machete in Space movie. He's still determined to make that. So I don't wanted... I don't think that was a fake trailer. I think that was a teaser for the next movie I really do want to make. Wishful he wanted thinking, yeah. to make he wanted to make it, but unfortunately, Machete Kills didn't do that well theatrically. Because Machete so. Kills fucking blew. I wouldn't say it blew, but I didn't think it was nearly as good as the first one. No, I enjoyed it. You can so tell. Awesome. Oh, you can so tell Rodriguez did not direct Machete Kills because it doesn't have any charm to it at uh, Machete Kills should have been just called Exploitation Movie the Movie. You you can tell he directed it, but it wasn't um No, he didn't he didn't direct the, Machete the Kills. Good, he he no, didn't. He, he only produced he didn't it. Direct it. No, yeah, he, he didn't direct it. That's why I'm saying you can tell as soon as you see it, he did not direct this movie. And that's like, why. Uh, it felt more like um Spy Kids than any of his other movies. <laughs> Spy Kids with well actually did it have I don't even think it had any nudity in it whereas the first one you had a girl pulling a a, a cell phone out of her clam you know like <laughs> But like with the with the Fast and the Furious movies, are they an example of how to have a franchise not get stale and oversaturated, or are they an example of please don't do this? I'm mixed because I like that they're able to kind of continue to reinvent themselves to do something as ridiculous as to keep it going. On the other hand, it's like this is even the same franchise. Like this doesn't even it. it how the hell are you able to keep doing this? But uh, I don't know. I at, like at this point, uh, Fast and the Furious is becoming like like Amityville horror levels of what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, it's wait, it's a clock now. <laughs> but at the same time, Fast and the Furious also kicked off another oversaturation moment. Remember, there was all of these direct-to-video, all of these direct-to-video movies that were car porn. I mean, there there was even religious ones. I have on VHS, I can't remember the title of it, but it's a religious Fast and the Furious movie. Oh, I remember that because it was on Netflix. Yeah, it was. It was a uh, what? What are they called? The good the the movies that Brad does all the time. No, no, I I don't think it was Pure Flix because because uh, this still would have oh. been the late '90s because I've got a VHS of it. I just I, I remember picking it up from Goodwill and I'm like, it literally calls itself the Christian Fast and the Furious on the box, and I'm like, <laughs> I have to see this. Yeah, I I think I actually may have. I may have watched it because I remember there being a very wholesome. It, it, it's, some, uh, it's something about movie. It's it's something about the Vin Di- the Vin Diesel type character. Uh, you know, he doesn't he doesn't believe in God and he's doing all this dangerous stuff. And then he gets in a car accident and he miraculously survives. And then he finds God. And then he's got a race to like save his sister's life. And and I'm not, I don't mean literally, but like God is his co-pilot and guiding him to do the right thing. And you're oh rolling your God. eyes the whole time, going, "Oh wow." Oh, okay, no, this is the one I saw. It's like. Uh, does, it's does a, Kevin Sorbo star in this one? No, it does not. <laughs> this one, uh, it was a, a teenager who uh, he has to go to live with his dad, who was an ex car, uh, who was a rex race driver. And uh, he's like a ruffian and he's been kicked out of a bunch of schools. His dad teaches him to fix cars and find Jesus. Okay, Cecil, if you leave out the find Jesus, isn't that Tokyo Drift? It kind of is. Yeah, It's like that's the same plot of Tokyo Drift just without the Jesus. Although I think this came out before Tokyo Drift. 
Who's borrowing from who here? <laughs> but, 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 but my point is, we have to stop the oversaturation. I get it. Comic books on TV are really popular right now. But I oh, think yeah. DC is really shooting themselves in the foot. They are going to hit a tipping point, And I think it's inevitable. It, it may be, Maybe it's not in 2020. Maybe it's not in 2021. They're going to hit a tipping point, And it's going to be their fault. The entire industry implodes. Remember what happened in... <laughs> Remember what happened with comic books in the 90s? Let's leave the quality and the speculator market out of it right now. Marvel flooded the market. Marvel was putting out, in 1991, they put out 102 titles a month. And then they were going, well, how come nobody's buying some of these? Because there's so much. No one can afford these goddamn all of them. You're flooding them right now. Right now. 98 of them were X-Men titles. More or less. (laughs) But, but, But literally right now, Image Comics says there are too many comic books on the market that they're, that they're getting word from retailers we can't stock everything that comes out anymore the comic book market has too many titles and yes that means some really good stuff is going to get lost in the shuffle but this is going to have another implosion there are too many people putting out comic books right now you need to pull back images even said we're going to pull back and we're going to try and half our inventory for 2020 we're not going to put out as many titles because they actually are able to see I probably learning from what Image did in the early 90s. They, I think they learned their lesson. This is going to implode hard if we don't stop. And that's where TV and movies are right now with all of this stuff. I mean, 16 DC shows on the air in 2019. That is asinine. Oh God! What, what like what happened to just having like Green Hornet and Batman? You know, it's like it's, it's ridiculous how many there are. Like in oh, they're all so at least in my opinion, they're all so fucking cornball. Well, and, and and part of the problem with the DC stuff is whether you love it or not is because I remember my mom used to watch my mom watched Supergirl, but then she started giving it up. Why? Well, because to follow Supergirl, you also have to follow Legends of Tomorrow and yeah. Arrow and Flash. Oh, they're doing the and- comic book method yeah they're they're doing it where hey you can't just watch supergirl anymore you also have to watch batwoman you also have to watch legends of tomorrow and my mom just finally was like i give up i'm i'm not doing this i just want to watch supergirl i'm not going to watch five other shows that continue supergirl's story do you think the oversaturation is going to get any better? Do you think that that the people like at DC, at Netflix, at Disney or whatever are going to do like what Image did and said, look, we see some bad times coming and we're going to do our part to fix it? Or are they going to go, no, let's just try and make as much goddamn money as we can and then we'll we'll survive this because we make so much money right now? Double down, motherfucker. It's the double down one. Yeah, for sure. It's the latter. We're going to ride this until the wheels fall off. We're going to try to make as much money as possible. The pendulum will will shift and then we'll latch onto something else. That's literally what it's going to be. They're not going to be mindful about it the way a smaller uh, company like Image is. Like with, with, with companies like Disney Marvel and DC and stuff, they're like, they've got tons boat tons of money and they're going to put out as much content as they possibly can whether we the public like it or not because it's it's about it's about money to them that's what it is well i also my mom is also another great example of a problem with the streaming stuff my mom grew up watching the twilight zone in the 1950s and in the early 60s she watched twilight zone when it was new so then she watched it also in syndication when i was young my mom introduced me to twilight zone my mom took me to movies like blade runner star trek the motion picture all this stuff my mom used to take me to this stuff i used to watch battlestar galactica reruns with my mom when i was a little kid so nice. when, she, when she heard now she doesn't know who jordan peele is so you know him he's neither a selling point or a negative point in this when she heard that they were making a new twilight zone she was excited she remembered the twilight zone from 1985 she she liked that. She watched The Twilight Zone in 2002, and then she was ticked off that this wasn't going to be on CBS. It was going to be on CBS's streaming service, and she's like, "Oh, she's like, I would have watched this, but I'm not getting their streaming service. This were on TV, <laughs> I'd be watching Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. I'm not getting a streaming service for this. So stupid. Because TV, TV is just not pulling like it used to, and they, they think that everybody is going to go to the streaming services, and if they create this content over here... People are going to pay, but as they're learning, no, they won't. People no. like people like my mother are a perfect example. She would totally have supported Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, but she's not going to pay extra for it. 
And and you see that a lot, especially with the older generation. They will, most of them do not do streaming. They, they, they'll they still get their DirecTV and their Dish packages, but they won't do streaming. They won't do on demand. And I think, you know, you know, just time will tell that eventually that generation will die off literally and figuratively. But at the same time, streaming really only caters to the young. And I think that is also a narrow-minded view of it. Yeah, it, I mean, it's... I see the value in it, but also I do agree it does cater more towards the young binge audience where they'll watch something and go nuts about it for five minutes and then forget about it. So it's really not creating a lasting impression. It's creating something that is popular for a little bit and then they'll move on to like the next thing like locusts. It's it, it, like I said, I think this whole thing is it's hitting a saturation point and what happens when something becomes oversaturated, it explodes. And I think that is going to happen. And then you're going to see all these articles about, oh my God, how could this happen? This was such a surefire thing. No, we've been warning you. Not just me, not just this show. Everybody has been warning you and you don't care. You're just in there. Like Peter said, we're going to ride this until the wheels can fall off. How about pulling into a service station and fixing the wheels instead? <laughs> so on ah, that what note, do we know. So on that note, we, we know we can never get oversaturated on where we can find people. So where can we find the Cecil? Uh, you can find me being not oversaturated over at uh, goodbadflix.com as well as goodbadflix on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and 1201beyond.com. Where can we find the big Canadian monkey? Find the big Canadian monkey absolutely oversaturating himself on Twitter, getting way too drunk and posting way too much wasp at Cinematica on Twitter, on Facebook, the Cinemasochist, YouTube, the Cinemasochist, 1201beyond.com with other fine programming and at Patreon at Zinematica. And you can find me at 1201beyond.com. Contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, try to be a cut above. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night. Practically every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic jackets on the record album have their own hidden symbols and messages as well as all the lyrics of all the top rock songs. And they all sing the same refrain. It's fun to take a trip. Put acid in your veins.
Radiodrome is a 1201 Beyond production. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.